1: I'm Rob Black, welcome in, Rob Black and your money, talking all things financial, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, trying to get you to retirement one day at a time. Back in the 90s, I was really, really good at tech stocks, and um, I talked a lot about tech stocks and getting growth investing and beating the markets, and now it's more about about um, getting your retirement, making sure you don't panic on days like yesterday. Um, but don't get excited on days like today. Yesterday we were down big. today we've recovered nicely. It is not anything worth getting upset about. It's recessions happen. this isn't a recession, but it will happen. and when it does, I don't want you crying. Um, there will be bad days it'll happen equity markets I turned on the television at 2 in the morning checked in on Europe and checked in on Asia and things kind of recovered a bit after a pretty horrific day so if we had every day like yesterday on Wall Street we'd go to zero what in like 45 days it's not going to happen the markets have never gone all the way down to zero. It would take probably a nuclear blasts on two or three continents all at the same time to do that. So you got to kill the extreme fear in your head. Lower levels yesterday came as the Treasury Department labeled China a currency manipulator, which is kind of probably the worst thing you can call China. It is like the... I don't know if I really want to go down this road... It is like the no-no word that you don't call people of color. It's like the no-no word that you don't call people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual. It's, it's a no-no word. You don't call China a manipulator, a currency manipulator. It's a no-no. It's the first time we've done it since 1994.
0: That is not appropriate behavior, okay?
1: Selling pressure was abated after China yesterday fixed the one at a modestly higher level. So they they basically said, Look at this, we look what floodgates look like, mister President. Suddenly China sounds like a European terrorist from a cartoon movie. Look what the floodgates of the yacht one look like, mister President See? And yeah, so basically they issued thirty billion won, four point two five billion won. Uh, It's trying to keep the lawn stable. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. While they're showing you their gun, they're saying, it's okay. It's going to be okay. But see, I have a gun. Disney's going to take the spotlight today after the close. They report numbers. It's a world of laughter, a world of fear. Um, It's the house that the mouse built. I own shares of Disney. Economic data is going to be sparse. With investors receiving the JOLTS job opening report that just came out. Hmm. The JOLTS job openings is one of those indicators that, trust me, you don't want to know about. But it's one of those indicators, because it's dull, that the Federal Reserve does look at. And again, it shows uh, a decent numbers. JOLTS job opening, 7.34 million. Prior was 7.23, so it's getting a little bit bigger. If you want a job, it's out there one job it's out there Um, yesterday video game companies took a schwacking in large part there was two deadly shootings over the weekend in el paso and in dayton trump incorrectly tweeted out in toledo what is wrong with him in twitter the president needs a spell checker and the president needs a fact check basic fact checks you can say whatever you want about the economy, you can lie through your teeth, but just at least get the cities correct, you know what I'm saying? Wrong. Because um, it makes us look bad. And again, I'm, I'm the king of, of, what did I just type? Was I drunk? Shares of video game companies tumbled yesterday after President Trump linked violent video games to two mass shootings over the weekend that left 31 dead. Trump said, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. No, 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 no. You saw Activision Blizzard, maker of Call of Duty, go lower. You saw Take-Two Interactive, maker of Grand Theft Auto, go lower. 5%. Wow. NASDAQ was down 3.5%. These guys were down 5 That's Whoa! oversized. El Grande. El Grande overreaction, but you also saw companies like Electronic Arts, GameStop, Turtle Beach, all go lower. So it was the whole group, Turtle Beach, who makes um, headphones, right? And I think keyboards probably and some other things. But typically they're known f- famous for their headphones because they have like 3D sound effects in them. So typically a buying opportunity when politicians go after video games. You might remember a man named Al Gore was once married to Tipper Gore before he became super rich and, how shall we say, extraordinarily wealthy. Somehow that marriage ended. <laughs> Cynical. Um when he was running for president at one point in time, his wife was like That game take that that game Grand Theft Auto three is disgusting. She's from Tennessee is my that's my Tennessee accent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Born on the mountain of Tennessee. Um so she basically said it was disgusting because in the game Grand Theft Auto you got like instead of like taking a med kit to heal up, you'd go visit a lady of the evening hmm mm-hmm. and yeah that's a pretty that's a tough concept to explain to a child for sure um, but politicians have always loved a good fight with video game makers even though the mass shootings are a uniquely american problem even though violent video games are all over the world so with that said i'm not going to get into this discussion I'm just going to tell you as a financial guy, um, I think there's buying opportunities sometimes. And again, am I, this is crazy. I'm stopping myself. Am I doing a buying opportunity to do a mass shooting? I've done a buying opportunity due to do hurricanes before and people got mad at me. I said, really? best time to buy a beach house is when a hurricane blows through like South Carolina. and woohoo! You can get yourself Nags Head, uh, North Carolina. You can get yourself Myrtle Beach cheap. So, if if this was a year where Myrtle Beach got rocked by hurricanes, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm out. The next time there's a big California earthquake, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? I'm going back to Boston. I'm going back to New York. The ground's st- more stable there. And yeah, need. no kidding. And that's when the best time to buy stocks are. The best time to buy houses. So, I apologize if I just made a buying opportunity out of a mass shooting. Um. I think I just did, and I, I kind of feel bad about it, but at the same time, I, I, I'll shut up. I'll move on. I feel like, like, that's, I feel like I did something wrong, but I don't think I did anything wrong. Anyway, where do we go from here? Now that all of the children have grown up. Um, yeah, pretty broad opening higher today. Maybe a little bit of a pause that reflects the director of National Economic Council, Larry Kudlow, says China still coming to the U.S. in September. He says President Trump still wants to make a deal with China, but it has to be the right deal. He says President Trump is open to changes in tariffs if things go well, but there's no progress on the talks. Tariffs could get worse. Uh, Larry Kudlow says that he believes China's currency moves will take pressure off US consumers in the U.S., but the U.S. cannot tolerate depreciation of China's currency. He says China's economy is crumbling. This is all pretty bad stuff, big picture. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com and robblackshow.com.
0: Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Who's the man? Who's the man? Who's the man?
1: am the man. Who's the man? You can see I'm a little obsessive compulsive, right? Aren't we all? Hey, a cool crazy statistic that you could probably invest in. Nearly 25% of households will ditch traditional TV by 2022. That's a trend. That's a lot of households. I've done it. I've cut the cord. I feel like a baby. I feel like I'm floating through the, the ether, through the magical land of, uh, of floating water, and like uh, the heavens are coming soon to me. Cutting cable is an uh, unbelievably refreshing and, and nice feeling. I'm floating in the sea of quiddity, where they say you will find true happiness three times. The moment you are born... The moment you fall in love and the moment you die and the moment you cut cable TV. Now, what's interesting about this is 25% of households are going to ditch traditional TV by 2022. We're cutting the cord this year, about 19% of households have cut the cord. TV providers can improve their margins by raising the price of Internet subscriptions kind of a win-win for everyone except for the pure cable companies and the cable companies are kind of happy with it on some levels because they're getting you to focus on more expensive options versus bulk options that have very few margins so netflix hulu amazon all in play abc nbc cbs fox all part of publicly traded companies nbc is tied towards nbc universal abc is tied towards disney cbs is its own entity but they may get together with Viacom. Will they or won't they get back and get married again? Will they or will they not share the same content? Ew And finally, um you know, Fox has got their their they kinda gave up, sent up the white flag. And uh kind of gave it to Disney. So it's not all bad news, but what's interesting about that is there was a day That TV owned marketing and advertising. There was a day that all Americans sat around the TV and watched something as a family, as a group, as a a nation. And you would never have predicted the day that we're just as fractured as we are. But it happens. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Allergen, Dean Foods, Energizer, Shake Shack, and more—all in the news today. Dean Foods—they make milk at a wider-than-expected loss. Revenue was also short of expectations. There was commodity inflation on milk. There was volume pressure. There was an accelerated decline in white milk category as negative factors during the quarter hit. Um, I know nothing about Dean Foods, and when you start talking about commodities, it's much, much more difficult. Um, For me to be good at commodities than it is for me to be good at stocks. Allergen makes Botox. They're in the news. They raise their full year revenue guidance. They also make something called Juvederm. What I am most interested in is the Botox. Botox is a form of, You're
0: switched on. You're a bit of-
1: botulism. Botulism is, botulism is a disease that will kill you. And yet we're taking this kind of inert form of it and pumping it into our faces so we can look nice and smiley and wrinkle-free. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Love the idea of that investment. I don't know an allergen because, again, in the world of individual stocks, I feel like once you get past 10, 15, you're in over your head. Mosaic is a fertilizer producer. They had a nice quarter. Saying unprecedented wet weather in the U.S. Midwest hurt spring fertilizer sales, so they cut their forecast. I'm sorry, I said they had a good quarter, they had a bad quarter. But we need fertilizer, and there's not that many players in fertilizer. So I like the idea of Mosaic very, very much for the long term. As our planet continues to become desertified, it's called desertification. That's easy for me to say. We're going to need more and more fertilizer to get more nutrients into the ground, to get more uh, fruit and vegetables out of the ground. Elsewhere, Marriott, they matched forecasts with adjusted quarterly profit of buck fifty six a share. Hotel chain's revenue missed expectations. Marriott also cut its full-year forecast for the key REVPAR. REVPAR is kind of the metric for hotels, revenue per available room, as weakening business travel impacted results shake shack shake 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 your money maker restaurant if you can call it a restaurant revenue came in above expectation same store sales up 3.6 percent that's a good number the digital sales are rising again isn't that crazy we're talking digital sales do you remember a day when you'd go into a mcdonald's and like you'd be like this is disgusting you go into the and that's that's where you ate food now you go in the restaurant you go this is disgusting um I dated a, when I was sixteen. I dated a girl who worked at a Wendy's, and I went to pick her up one day. And uh, her boss didn't like her, and her name was Rachel. And uh, he made her go into the restroom, and some customer had vomited, and she had to like mop up the vomit. Um, you don't really think of fast food companies automatically as clean, pristine, and like tech enabled now. But they've really done a pretty nice job, all things considered, of becoming 21st century, at least humane. And maybe the customers are saying, you know, if I'm going to vomit in the bathroom, maybe I'll try to hit the toilet. Oh, that reminds me of a college day going to a, a frat party where I got beat up. I had a choice to, to vomit in the sink, in the toilet, or in the bathtub. And because I was in college and I had too much drink, I chose the wrong one. And when the frat boys saw what I did, they were not happy. They put a bag on my head and drove me home. Put a bag, a plastic bag over my head. A, so I didn't bleed in the car. B, so I didn't throw up in the car. Or C, both. I'll let you think of that for a second. And you got your answer. So, I know you're saying, What were you doing that made you so well light that they wanted to hit you? L Brands. This is a little bit of a Zuby Zuby Zoo moment. Victoria's Secret brand marketing strategy getting very controversial. The chief marketing officer, Edward Razek, is stepping down. He's been with the company since 1983. L Brands and Victoria's Secret is having a really, really big problem of staying relevant. They did the whole angels things. Um, and for a while, I think guys were good with skinny, tall women... Um, who wore almost nothing and were like, hey, I want my wife to look like that. I'm going to Victoria's Secret. Um, and now there's just a curvier woman in different parts of her body, and L Brands is having a really, really difficult time um, identifying with millennials. I would say it was very much a Generation X kind of company and baby boomers. International Flavors, maker of cosmetic ingredients and food flavorings, reported at just a quarterly profit, falling painty shy of expectations. This is one of those companies that I really, really am intrigued by, but I've never owned it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at
2: robblackshow.com.
0: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Much calmer heads are prevailing on Wall Street today, but that doesn't mean that the downdraft is over. I'm not trying to be wishy washy, I'm not trying to be, you know, self fear, but a lot of times uh, there's a kind of a, a pause that refreshes, a pause that kind of reflects. And then we could continue a a, a lower move lower. A lot of analysts in the last 24 hours are now starting to stand on the side of this whole Beijing deal is not going to get done until the 2020 elections are over. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. That's where we get into speculation. That does us no good. Big event coming up in the Bay Area. It's the Money Show, August 15th through 17th at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. The Money Show The founder and head honcho, I would like to say, Kim Gittler, here to talk a little bit about the money show that's coming up. That I'll be doing a speech up, but there's really a lot of great, prominent speakers, economists, uh, investors, writers. Uh, You you put on quite a show, Kim. How are you doing today?
2: Oh, very good, Rob. How are you doing in this market? You do so much wonderful education out in the San Francisco Bay Area and for KDAO. So how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I've got a good... uh, Long-term strategy, and that was born at the right time. The last 20 years, even though they've had some tough times, uh, have been pretty generous to investors. Um, But there's always something to learn, and that's kind of what The Money Show is about coming up. Um, Let's talk a little about who you are and what you do with The Money Show.
2: Well, I have always, uh, like yourself, uh, believed in education. Uh, I think uh, that knowledge is power. And the more knowledge we can acquire, and sometimes when we acquire that knowledge, we don't know what to do with it, but ultimately it shakes out in the subconscious, and I think that you are a much better investor by being knowledgeable, and hearing advice and counsel from many different minds helps you to acquire that knowledge. And we are a university about money, and finance, and global, and economics, and stocks, and real estate futures and options and commodities. So it's like coming to a university, immersing yourself with experts that are independent. Uh, That means that those people that are coming in, uh, for example, someone like a Stephen Moore or a Daniel Fuss. Daniel Fuss uh, has done an amazing amount of work in the bond area. Gary Schilling is a fantastic economist. Christine Benz is coming in from Morningstar. She's probably the top personal finance uh, and financial literacy expert in Morningstar. Uh, you've got Phil Flynn, who's on Fox every day, and he's coming in to talk to you about oil, energy. Energy is the lifeblood of economics globally. So uh, you've got some of the best economists in the world. Sam Stovall, one of my dearest, longest uh, expert uh, is coming in and he's going to talk to you about what all their analysts are seeing and what they're advising the institutions so that the retail investor counts. Uh, Bruce Johnstone, he has been with Fidelity for years, and he's going to talk about China. He's going to talk about the cracks in China and Hong Kong and really giving a global perspective. George Gilder is going to talk about technology and all the wonderful new technology in life after Google, as he likes to put it, with his great book that he's just come out with. John Buckingham, one of the greatest stock pickers in the business, is going to tell you what he's buying now. Janet Brown of San Francisco, who's a great, great lady, is going to head up our Wow event, Women on Wealth. And she's going to talk about socially responsible investing. And, of course, you know, where is gold? What's happening with inflation? Why are we seeing gold make such a move? You've got Mike Larson for that. You've got many wonderful experts that are going to come in and talk about it. And, you know, it's very important to educate yourself. Um, That's what I believe in and uh, something that I've been doing for years. And now we're educating the millennial. Next year, you will see a Money Show University, which is a millennial market, come in, and we will work with the universities and in your Bay Area to start to help people younger to get involved now. You talk about 20 years. Can you think if you had been investing 25 years or when you were 25 years old, what you could have sure. today? It's amazing. The ability to compound is a very important thing. To dollar cost average is very important. I believe in two portfolios. I believe in one that's your trading and fund portfolio and one that is your long-term value portfolio. One of the things I will be talking about is, is it a time for individual stocks um, or is it a time also to look at ETFs? and indexing. And I believe stock investing and stock selection will be a very important time over the next three to five years. And I also think a global point of view will be a very important point for the next five years.
1: Well said, how you just ran down the money show. And let me throw in that some of those names, and you give me a list every year of some that I want to talk interview, and some of them don't work for me. They're too smart for me. They're too complicated. They're technicians. I'm not a technician. But some of them are right down my alley, and I just dig them. And I, I, Christine Benz is awesome. Um, you know, Harry Boxer, Ralph Brown. I can go through the list of people that I want to see um, that I consider them financial celebrities in my world. But in their world, they do hard, great work. So i um, always look forward to this. George Gilder, he was one of the very first tech newsletters that I wrote, uh, read back in the late 80s. And Now he's talking cryptocurrency instead of red hot stocks. He's talking cryptocurrency. And I think that's cool. And also another thing at your event, which will satisfy the the listeners and the viewers, um, a lot of marijuana investments, because a lot of people are looking for that next big thing. And um, Mm -hmm. you pay attention to your panel. They've got some commentary on the next big thing, so to speak. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yes. We do have some uh, wonderful uh, people that will talk about cannabis. I, I like to be careful with cannabis. You've seen yes. a sell-off in cannabis. Uh, and it is the new, what I call, the wild, wild west of the U.S. I mean, when you think that the hemp industry is $22 billion, uh, basically here in the U.S., and the entire Canadian market for cannabis is $22 billion, as we continue to legalize medical marijuana and recreational marijuana, which you will see. In fact, the governor uh, for the state of Florida is behind it, Ron DeSantis at this point, and I think it might go legal in the state of Florida. It is the new Wild West. So, yes, those are opportunities, but you have to be careful. You have to look at what you're buying and how large that yeah. market can be, and if you're overvalued. Tilray Ray. Uh, is a perfect case in point. Um, so was Canopy Growth. I mean, you've seen uh, a lot of of those stocks sell off. So is now a buying time? Well, come to The Money Show and we'll let you know.
1: And I brought up the marijuana stocks not just sensationalism, but there really is something for everyone at these events. You can go see an old stoggy economist who you wish he had one hand because he says on one hand the economy looks great, but on the other hand China can make us go down and there's just so much good stuff and I've I've been t- tied towards the money show for I think about fifteen to twenty years. I I used to go to the ones in the east coast back in, the coast, back in Washington DC and Baltimore area. So I know it well. And now August we have 15- one
2: in Philadelphia. Oops. We have one in Philadelphia coming up in September.
1: So good reason to go uh take a trip to Philadelphia, huh?
2: Yes, yes. I'd love for you to take a trip, but I know you have children and you're always so busy out there educating everyone and the bay area that you that you rarely take time off but rob i'd love to have you at one of these events because you are an awesome speaker and an awesome educator and people need to hear more from you in other areas of the country
1: you are killing me with kindness it's august 15th through the 17th i know the Biz site has a lot of information on the money show But it's the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. You have a schedule of uh, a list of speakers and then a schedule of when they're talking and the special events, the breakout events and some paid events. Uh, It's free to sign up, but they do need to sign up. What's the website you want me to push right now?
2: I want you to push San Francisco Money Show uh, and you just query on Google or on one of your favorite search engines and we will come right to the top of your page.
1: Got it. Is there anything else that you want to chime in on?
2: Well, I like to share with you that uh, we have John McCann and uh, biotech and medical technology is an important part of your portfolio, especially in the next 10 years, and he's a fantastic speaker. Uh, we also have Brad Thomas coming out and he is your leading REIT analyst. And REITs are an interesting way to play income. You have to be careful. You have to know what you're doing with some of these REITs. But I can tell you that he's a great REIT analyst and he's gonna give us a nice keynote. And of course, um, we have some marvelous speakers as you Harry Boxer hasn't been for quite some time, so I'm happy. Alan Ellman, blue collar, um Investor. He's fabulous at options education. I've got Sam Stovall doing the rules of rule, sector rotation strategies that nice. will beat the market in 2020. So that's a fantastic in-depth strategies where you'll be two and a half hours with one of the best in the business, Sam Stovall. So I just want to say there's something for everyone and I would like to welcome anyone that would like to come because Both Rob and I do the same thing, which is to educate, create knowledge that you have the power to to manage your portfolio profitably, and that's what we want you to do.
1: Kim, I'll replay this a couple times before the big event coming up, and I'll send you a copy of it as well if you want to send it out to your email list. Thanks for being on the show. It's The Money Show San Francisco, August 15th through 17th at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. CFP Chad Burton and myself are going to be talking about income and retirement. I think that's probably one of the biggest, most important concepts. But again, we all have things that are important to us, so figure it out. There's a great list of speakers, a schedule of speaking events. You can learn more at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. It's the money show San Francisco, August 15th through the 17th.
0: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW.
1: I'm Tracy Morgan. (laughs) Trying to work on a new impression. I hear eerie similarities between CFP Chad Burton's opening and Tracy Morgan. Yeah, boy. I'm Chad Burton. Yeah, boy. I'm Tracy Morgan. (laughs) oh i just hurt myself oh i pulled a rib i'll be okay no no really seriously i'll be okay so trump did something kind of how shall we say unpresidential he's now accusing google of very illegal action ahead of the election man this election season is not gonna be a fun one or if you're a late night comic it's gonna be a great one He stepped up his accusations today on Google, claiming without offering any evidence that the technology company worked to subvert his 2016 presidential campaign, and warning he was watching it very closely ahead of the 2020 election. Now, what do you have to say about that, Mr. Trump? Because you'd be in jail. So, I don't know if he's threatening Google executive officer Sundar Pichai. Sundar Pichai! I don't know if he's uh, threatening him with jail. But Trump goes on Twitter, slams Google's CEO, and again raises questions about the search engine's work with China, despite his administration's earlier comments that any such work was limited. I honestly feel like my head's going to blow up from these stories. Trump accused Google of very illegal acts, but offered no evidence. Distorting results for political purposes would harm our business and go against our mission of providing helpful content to all of our users. Huge! So, so says the spokesperson for Google. I don't know what to make of that other than I kind of get the feeling if he's behind in polls, he's going to blame Google. And in the next 12 months, 14 months, you have to be careful owning Google and Facebook. I think there's headline risk. I don't think there's any fundamental risk. I think there is some oversight and regulation risk, which could turn into fundamental risk. But right now it ain't there. And I still like Google. I still like Facebook. For value, I kind of like Apple. If you were to put a gun to my head, which one would I own? It'd probably be Facebook, honestly. Or maybe Google. I even think Apple would be in the top three. As far as, you know, tech companies uh, that I love. I love you. You love me? No? I love it. I I love. love it. I love it. So that's kind of out there, right? Um think it's kind of a big story all things considered the fee model is out there and digital advertising kind of changed how agencies work the typical agency model looks like um, different in the 21st century the worst the 20th and I'm just basically trying to say something kind of very quickly there I'm not trying to give you exact years and it's evolved Data privacy expectations plus the changes made by the major browsers are driving changes to digital ad targeting. So, the fee model, why agencies' biggest problem is is their business model. So, agencies' fee-based business hasn't evolved as fast as the digital costs and the digital barriers have fallen. So, that's kind of interesting how a lot of the weighting is going to Facebook first and foremost – And then the other guys, the Googles, the Snaps, the Twitters, get kind of a piece of the action. So pay attention as that model is constantly evolving. Um, Other stories of note out there. Yesterday's sell-off is a little bit behind us today. But we're not that far away from continuing a downward movement. Um, I was asked yesterday on various television shows what I thought of the big down day down 700 plus points. And I said, well, we're one tweet away from being up 700 points. And honestly, I could say it again. I think we're one tweet away from being down another 700 points. That's tough to analyze. So uh, we have a president who likes to tweet. And sometimes he doesn't look at his tweets before he sends them out. And that makes me nervous. So, if you're, you know, texting with a friend and you get a little risque, it pays to look at that message before you send it out. The United States. <laughs> Donald, I like it when your dentures slip. I like it a lot. It tells me life is coming and we're getting older. We're suddenly getting older. And we're I like older than we The way you were. say that. We're older than we were. we're older even now. Um, as we get older, we're going to need more health care. We're going to need more money in our retirement. I talked yesterday a lot about the concept of um, since we're living longer, you're going to need more money. So the rules of how much you need. I tend to go 10 to 20 times your income before you retire. And you want to wait as long as you can to retire. And you want to wait as long as you can to take Social Security. But 92% of Americans, I give to me right now. Woo! Fire up the train and zam, I want that free money. And what that, is, that's, what that is is your income in retirement. And if you take it early, you get a much smaller cut than if you take it later. And people just don't seem to understand that or grasp it or care. Half of millennials now say, and I want you to think about this for a second. We play a little Jeopardy if we want to. Half of young Americans say college is no longer necessary. Huh. I, I, I kind of have to agree on some levels, but not all levels. Thinking through this, let's think about it. A degree that cost a hundred thousand dollars, if you invest that money, that'd be two hundred by the time they're thirty. That'd be four hundred by the time they're forty. That'd be eight hundred by the time they're fifty. That would be one point six million before they retire. Can they have enough of a job that obviously kicks in four million dollars of income to kind of offset that that upfront cost of college? I I think you have a dilemma on your hands, ladies and gentlemen. And again, uh, I'm glad I went to college. I got to learn how to love. I got to learn how to fall in love. I got to learn the language of love. I got to learn the language of kissing your uh, professor's butt. (laughs) Um, Showing up on time. Trying to think a little bit differently than all the other, you know, uh, cows at college, you know, who are just going through the system. I... I don't know if I have the answer to that, but it is a big financial question. Is college worth it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.